Hello, and welcome to the Bite-Sized Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach, and the hosts joining me this evening are John Christian, Troy Sandlin, and Catherine Linquist. Everybody say hey. Hey, guys. Hey, everybody. Hey, how's it going? <clears throat> so let's break down exactly how each one of these podcasts work. There will be... Three or four courses tonight, we're going to see. There'll be an appetizer, a main course, maybe a palate cleanser, and then a dessert. Each course tackles a different angle on the world of RPGs, and we'll cover exactly what those angles are when we get to each segment. Are you guys ready? I'm yeah. ready. Let's do this. Okay. So, uh, for this episode eight, we have a full plate for you guys. We have quite a few gems. We have... A whole host of community post or community pulse topics, so we're going to dive right in and 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 cover a whole lot of ground. Uh, our first course is our appetizer. This is the community pulse segment where we talk about new stuff that's come up throughout the community. We have three items to discuss today. Um, we have oh goodness, a whole different smorgasbord here. Um, Troy, why don't you kick us off? Is that you with the origins news? It is not. Oh, okay. I know that's me. That's that's John. Okay, perfect. Yep, that's me. All right, John, what do you have for us there? Yeah, so um, much to many of our chagrins. Uh, due to the the current situation that's plaguing our world these days, uh, Origins had to move their uh, their annual game fair <clears throat> from June to October, mm-hmm. uh, and, and in the interim, they've decided to put together an online game fair uh, to act as a supplement. We kind right. of tied everybody over until uh, until we can kind of get all, all get back together physically again. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Right. <laughs> yeah. <And> so, <clears throat> so I, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about just the uh, trying to project out exactly what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. You know, for Zach and Troy and Catherine and I, all three of us have worked with Baldman Games, and I know that Dave's probably working on the. The details on that now. He said that there's going to be something that we're going to do. Hasn't gone into a lot of detail about it, but it's going to be interesting to see such a what is it, twenty five thousand uh, attendees strong on an annual basis at, at mm-hmm. basis at Origins. Um, that they're going to. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how they're going to do this and how it's going to how they're going to pull it off. Um, mm-hmm. In particular, you know, the badges are pay what you want. Yes, wow. I'm curious that. as to how that's going to pan out. And then the registration for different tickets for other games and events that are out there. Uh, I'd like to see how that's going to end up um, monetarily, what the cost is going to look like. And really, more than anything else, I just want to see what attendance looks like and yeah. what the vibe of it is. Because it's really, really yeah. difficult to capture. I feel like it's going to be really difficult to capture the in-person experience online. Uh, yeah. So yeah. this is this is uncharted territory. I just want to get everybody else's opinion on uh, on it and see if we can project and kind of prognosticate what that's going to end up looking like. 100% chaos. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what we can know. <laughs> right. That's, that's, that's what a normal convention is. Yeah. Though. But, but so I was, when, when this got announced, my immediate thing was to look at the dates and it terrified mm. me. Right. Because mm. the date of this con is like, it starts June 19th. Right. The site book, which is, which is, a catalog at the actual convention, right? But oh, the, yeah. the event book um, doesn't get published until June 11th. 
Oh boy. So oh, they have yeah. they have eight days from from publishing the book to getting everything set up and organized. And I, to me, they either are expecting a much 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 smaller turnout, which of course they are, but also like even still. I think this is going to be absolute chaos right here. And based on our conversation or what, what Dave has mentioned, I think that a part of the reason that they think they can pull this off is because it sounds like to me, bald man games, Dave is calling most of the shots for how this is all going to go down on the D and D side. Mm. And so maybe origins is kind of divvying out responsibilities instead of saying, well, like we're going to get everything set up. Maybe they're just saying, here, let's talk to us before you get into this, but but you're going to take lead on your own program. Mm-hmm. Huh. <clears throat> I'm, I mean, there, go ahead. Go ahead, Catherine. I am wondering how uh, DMs are going to make, well, <laughs> so Wi-Fi connections, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. <laughs> That was the first thing that I thought of. Um, you know, somebody's going to be really excited to run a game uh, or run a mod or whatever they're specifically doing. And um, everything is going to get set up. They're getting their players, everything like that. And then some weird, unforeseen Internet thing happens and their Internet cuts out. So my my main thought is, like, how, like, do you have backup plans? Like, do you have backup DMs who also have the mod prepped who would step in and do it instead? Or do you, I don't know, like, shunt them over to a different table that has less than max? Or, mm. like, how how all that is going to work is going to be interesting. Um, I, and I also wonder whether we're going to try to do it all on one type of, like, server, like, all on Discord or all on Roll20 or something like that. Because we've already seen what happens when, when with Roll20 <laughs> when yeah. people like exponentially increase their activity on there. So oh, yeah. it'll be interesting to see how everything gets parsed out and what what specific things get chosen. Like what has the, the best features and why they chose that specific program for that specific thing. Like maybe the Epic has the more advanced like map token moving whatever i haven't actually done much of that myself so i don't know but it's gonna be interesting yeah i don't know how they would do the uh actually troy how would they do an epic well have you uh, talked to anybody yet or surely right they they have there's there's other online all online cons out there and there have been uh epics ran online Mm-hmm. So, hmm, okay. I do not know how they do that, other than if maybe, oh, well, to answer some of Catherine's stuff, it is, uh, it is the DM's prerogative. Uh, the DM picks what VTT they're using, you know how how they're uh, dealing with audio and video, that kind of thing, and it is just somehow worked into. Okay, if you're going to this table. This is what you need, mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Um, it's probably having... probably via email. Um, yeah, I would, I would think. 
were a part of the Jasper's game day stuff that's going on right now. Um, oh, very cool. At the beginning of May. Sweet. And when you sign up for a table, you get an email that's like a group email to all that table. And it's like, here's the links that you need. This is your DM. Coordinate amongst yourselves, basically. <laughs> nice. Right on. Okay. Right on. And that's not a bad and way of doing it, right? Yeah. The, and then as far as that way, you're not goes, you're not shoehorning the you're not shoehorning the DM into a particular platform that they're not familiar with. They right. can play right. on their on their home turf where they're the most comfortable. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Now, as far as the epic goes, I'm guessing probably something along the lines of. Uh, all the DMs have to be logged into some form of chat, like in a, mm-hmm. in a Facebook group or something. And mm-hmm. that way the, uh, the administrators can come in and say, okay, this is happening. Tell your tables, mm-hmm. this is happening. Okay, Tell your okay, tables. Yeah. That would be my guess. Knowing Dave, it'll be Google groups. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. All I know is I am not volunteering to be a wandering NPC for any of these epics. Oh, that would be that would be super easy. You just get invites yeah. to all the roll twenties, and then you can yeah. just drop in and drop like, out. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, it'd be great. Yep. That, yeah. yeah, it'd be fantastic. <laughs> that wouldn't sure be laborious at all. No. Uh, well, <laughs> that's an interesting topic, John. I think we'll know more, so we'll probably bring this up again in the coming weeks once we have yes. once we have answers. Yeah, I definitely want. I want to definitely do a post mortem. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Well, and I want to kind of hype. Once we know what we're going to be running, we'll hype on here. Oh heck yeah! A little. Mm-hmm. We'll, what I'd love to even do, and, and listeners don't don't uh, hold your breath. But I'd like to do a little bonus uh, Origins episode where all we do is we get on and we say, this is what we're running. And we just yeah. we just say, like, just so people that are interested in playing at our tables or knowing what, what's the behind the scenes. And we could re- kick that out before Origins even starts. But once we fun. as DMs know what we're going to be running. Yeah. You know, yeah, uh, I would like – yeah, I would like to propose a little a special – behind the scenes of what what goes into uh, prepping for a, a con yeah. little mm-hmm. show okay. kind That'd of thing. Fun. That'd be awesome. Well, we should know. I would say, gosh, we should know in two weeks. So, I would say. So, we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll let everybody know, but as soon as we do. Oh, no, that seems like uh, seems like pie in the sky to me. Like we, we may end up finding out like a week before. Yeah, yeah, that, that's fair. Right. Well, that hey, never happens. That never uh, happens. Never, never. never. <laughs> we got uh, two more things on the docket here for the community poll. So let's go ahead and move. And one of them, I think, is going to draw some discussion. So um, let's let's move right along. The next one I want to talk about is a Kickstarter. It's called the. I hope I'm pronouncing this right. The Ekphrastic Beasts. It's a bless you. Yeah, <laughs> it's the it's a new bestiary. Um, it's like two hundred pages. Uh, as of this recording, it has like nine, like uh, I want to say three weeks left. So that you should definitely still have time to back this sucker when you tune in. Um, but it it is a, in my opinion, gorgeous bestiary with really interesting monsters. Mm-hmm. It's really bizarre stuff. It's really like uh, I would say almost like horrific in its in its art. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. How yeah. can you how can you say gorgeous, Ooh. man? Some of those things are ugly. Well, that's fair. Really they, they can be both, Macabre. right? Yeah. Um, 
anyhow, it just looks <laughs> really good in my opinion. Um, it's fairly really well priced. Uh, I think it's mm-hmm. 35 bucks for the hardcover. And um, with as much original art as, as is in it, I think that that's a very, very fair price. Um, early backers could have got it for 30 bucks, So it's pretty nice. Um, wow. So I just, I like to bump things when I back them and I'm backing this. So spread the love. Um, cool. The other thing I, I, whew, this one, this one kind of uh, made the rounds <laughs> on Twitter and it's our first time to have a trending Twitter topic. Oh, you breathe, breathe, <laughs> yes, breathe. Yes. Um, <laughs> So uh, an article came out on Sci-Fi, um, an interview with Matt Mercer, and the article is great. There's nothing wrong with the article, I don't think, um, arguably. But the Twitter storm around it is on the idea of um, races in Dungeons & Dragons, um, the idea of evil races being racist. Um, and especially tied around orcs. Um, so if you look and and kind of this 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 interview started it, and then there were some posts that quoted the uh, player's handbook that kind of added fuel to the fire. But there's this idea um, that the fact the re- because wizards writes about orcs in the way of saying that these are uh, creatures of rage and bloodlust and anger. And that is kind of their natural form, that it is encouraging racism and um, it is uh, basically they're calling for reprints of the player's handbook. They're calling for shutting down of of developers tied to wizards, you know, yada, yada, yada. And it's picking up a lot more traction than I ever really felt like it would. Um, so uh, I have thoughts on it, but what are some of your guys' thoughts on this hairy topic? Hmm. No one wants to touch this. Yeah, don't, don't, all, don't all speak up at once. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah I, I, like really. <laughs> so, so I'll, I'll, okay. go. Can please we go, start try. with maybe a quick? Oh, go. Yeah, yeah. Say what tears you can say, Captain. Yeah, well, can we with start with maybe a quick recap for maybe some of us who haven't like dived deep into orc lore, like what it specifically would say, like not. I guess maybe not yeah. just in the player handbook, but like. So like, so it all stems yeah. from Tolkien, right? Tolkien wrote oh, about okay, orcs, okay. and he said yeah. that Tolkien. So it's that, not any different, right? It's like orcs are basically based off Mongolians in in Tolkien's eyes. Um, they have like an Asian bent to their appearance, um, mm-hmm. and they are barbaric, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not. There's no such thing as a good orc, basically. Mm-hmm. And while. Dungeons and Dragons, Wizards of the Coast have have taken half step back from that and said there can be the rare on rare occasion a good orc. Mm-hmm. For the most part, this idea of r- certain races being evil at their heart still remains true, and that's what people are up in arms about. Mm. I guess what I'm what I am wondering is how. Hmm. Okay, I'll admit I haven't I haven't looked at this part of the player's handbook for a long time either. Um how were they they were the ones that were created by like messing up elves basically, right? In Tolkien's work, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Tolkien's work. You and you hit so, right on 
where I immediately go here, right? I mean, I it's it that's I think that's the the simplest defense for this work. In the world of D&D, just like in the world of Tolkien, there are numerous creator gods. And these creator gods are of alignments. They are of domains. They um, are tied to certain aspects, right? Um, whether that's lies or murder or nature or trickery or whatever, right? Life. And their creations are smaller avatars of themselves. And in my mind, because that is the mythos, there is no, there can certainly be good races and evil races because there are good deities and evil creator deities. Um, and the reality is that orcs got maybe handed the short straw by having a, an evil, um, deity that hates them just as much as it hates anyone else. Um, but the reality is that that's the mythos that was created. And I have a hard time. I think part of it is that we're still calling them races. And I think that that'll be the thing that changes for sixth edition is that we don't call these races anymore. They're called species. Mm -hmm. And then most of this will get put away once we're not using a word that's a hot button. So, so then it just becomes speciesist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the way that I look at it, and I've, I've thought about this quite a bit before, before we started up here, is I look at it from two different perspectives. A, I look at it from a marketing perspective. Whenever they build the player's handbook, they they think of a, of D and D, and they want to create a game. If they want to create it for the broadest market possible, they have to create some binary. Um, ideologies, right? Good and evil, right? The last thing that you want is what one of the things that are at our table whenever I was in college was anytime you attacked and killed a, go- a goblin, his name was Bob and he, his birthday cake was hidden underneath his mattress and it was his birthday and he'd been saving it for today and you killed him before he could eat it. Just It's like the way to make things as gray as possible to make you as miserable as possible but what it did over time is it sucks all the fun out of like think about it like this: No one has a problem with killing zombies. No one has a problem with killing like with beating up Nazis, right? At all. Like those are the easy go-to's to where like if you know throw a zombie at him, ah, there's no there's no moral conundrum there about about uh, fending off a, a zombie by beating it upside the head with a club or anything like that, or right. fending off Nazis, right? And so you know from from a marketing perspective, it's okay for you to have a like a, a bad guy that's like that. That, to your point, Zach, it's there's in at least in the Dungeons and Dragons mythology, there is such a thing as it's just evil and a corruption that is placed upon a race, species, or or a people, right. a curse, right. whatever you want to call it. But whenever they are brought into the world, they're brought into the world, and that taint is upon them, and they act upon it. You know, as a result of it, or if, even if it's it's cultural, right? You look at the the drow. Like their culture right. is built is built around, you know, essentially, effectively, special supremacy, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. And then I want to go like deeper into like of a lore thing. And I'm gonna, and I'm gonna, sorry, Dragonlance is coming up again. You look at Dragonlance, <laughs> what? right? I know, right? Shocker. Look, but if you look at like it's, this is perfect though. So in Dragonlance, everyone was racist because no one trusted each other. They all hated each other. They, there was always something in, in their history that caused them to distrust and to hold them at, at arm's length. 
even the dwarves didn't like each other. Hill dwarves hated the mountain dwarves. The the right. uh, the Qualanesti elves hated the Sylvanesti elves because there was always something, some reason for everybody to hate everybody, except for the Kinder. The Kinder loved everybody, which is why they yeah, the Kinder loved everybody, but everybody hated the Kinder. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. Which should That's tell right. you a, a little, a lot about about the world in general. But what it what it did was it it, it gives you an opportunity to tell a certain kind of story, right? Where you triumph, like when your party. You look at the the companions in Dragonlance, the the Infellows or whatever if you want to refer to them as, they overcame the societal and the cultural hatred that they were born into, and they made something that was greater out of it. And they were they were the heroes, and it was only by them coming together and you know all this good stuff. So I think that to oversimplify it and just sling you know cancel culture at at it because it doesn't meet your exact ideology on paper. Is it's kind of it's I'm not going to say it's dangerous. But I think it's it's a bummer, especially it, it if they're going to target yeah. if they're if they're going to target a lot of the the uh, very well meaning uh, and very nice authors and creators that put a lot of time into this. You know, especially a lot of the people at, at Wizards of the Coast, which really just do not deserve the the negativity. No. I think it's I think it, what it does is it once again um, it hobbles what you're really trying to do. Right. If, you, if you're if you're trying to be virtuous in that and you're thinking when it comes to that kind of stuff, I think that it's the cure is worse than the disease that you that you perceive. Does that make sense? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have one more thing. If Troy doesn't have things, go for it. Yeah, like, I might have well, things, but go for it. <laughs> well, um, I mean, I do want to want to take a second to acknowledge that, like, we're a bunch of white people. So, like, <laughs> you know, that was one of we, my things. We... Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go on. you go ahead. You first. Oh, well, I... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say this is all coming from four white people. But, uh, you know, I, I, I look at I look at the I've seen this argument pop up here and there uh, quite often here. In exactly. the past, like year or so, um, and it's either it either re- revolves around orcs or revolves around drow mostly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the tieflings the drow, get a free pass. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're, they're just born that way. When you, when your when your mom or dad is a devil or a demon, it kind of you know. <laughs> apparently, that's. But uh, like you know, the, the the drow they they get tagged with well you know they're dark skinned, um, and they're portrayed as evil, and you know there's only one good one out of out of all these drow supposedly. So yeah, everybody's gonna think oh, so to me instead of instead of decrying that as racist, if that's if that's how di- how deep you want to dig in your game. Use that as a tool. Use that as a teaching moment. Everybody thinks these these dark skinned drow are evil. Introduce them to the the, the worshippers of Illustrate and show, mm. hey, not everybody is bad. Hint, that's, hint, that's, real life. That's <laughs> yeah. a thing, you know? though, right? Like, I mean, and I am in agreement with you with drow to an extent, but the difference between the drow and the and the orcs, as far as the player's handbook goes, and as far as current D and D mythology goes, is that drow are evil because they're cult of their culture, right? They're drow evil. Be- are, drow are that way because they were cursed. They were the followers of Lolth. Yes. And Coralon said, "Oh, 
if you're going to go against me and you're going to worship her, poof, mm-hmm. now I'm going to cast you underground. Right, right. They're cast underground yeah. and cursed in that way, but but at their core, they were just another um, subspecies of elves at the beginning. Right. And right. and they chose the path of, of evil, so to speak, mm-hmm. for themselves. Mm-hmm. Whereas orcs in the current iteration are... They are evil from the get-go. They don't have any say in the matter. They are True. evil. And so so there is there is a difference there. Yeah. Um, and I was yeah, to, to that yeah. point, speaking at it as well, this deity is this alignment and has this, these as its, you know, portfolio of war and hate and, and power of and oh hey, he gets to make a race. He's not making a bunch of pixies. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to make brute barbaric killing machines. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what he wants. That's what he wants his followers. Mm-hmm. Now, to that point, that kind of makes for a cool storyline mm-hmm. and, and a good idea. But, you know, it kind of kind of hard to justify making it a playable race. Unless you want an evil campaign, yeah, that's why. That's well, why I'm, they're not until <laughs> Volo's Guide to Monsters. <laughs> yep, and like it does also take a lot of worry out of the game if you're just going to say, "Okay, we're just going to call it right now." Orcs are bad. That way, in the game, you don't have to have any moral compunctions about killing them. It's it's kind of like, like the old GI Joe cartoon. Mm-hmm. The only people that, or the only things that ever got destroyed in the GI Joe cartoons were those bat troopers, those those androids. <laughs> Why? Because they didn't want to have that heavy thought of, oh, they're killing people, even though they're soldiers with guns and stuff. They only kill the the robots, mm-hmm. and they could be mm-hmm. like like the the zombies or the, or whatever. You need to have that ability to just lay waste to whatever. And if that's all you're, if that's as far as you're taking it, then okay. It's not that big a deal. If you want to dig deeper, by all means, mm-hmm. dig deeper. But don't lambast people for not. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> palate cleanser? Where's the palate? Wait, yeah. I'm looking at yeah, exactly, Where's the right. palate cleanser here? Exactly. <laughs> um, I'm ready for an after dinner drink. Yeah, let's let's let's, let's move on. Uh, but but a good discussion. Everybody had something to say, and it was, it was worth saying. Um, okay, let's move on to our our main course dms on dming um this is where we talk about a topic um in, in a little bit more depth but hope <laughs> i don't know how much further we're gonna get than that uh john you actually have something for us tonight again what, what do you have i do yeah so uh, uh recently i've been running <clears throat> a campaign which i will will, will will remain nameless for a group of people that will remain nameless, <clears throat> except for Zach, because he's playing in it right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, but in this campaign, I found in my last session that playing it by the book was like wearing a straight jacket. Ooh. Because it was <laughs> like three or four pages that I read through four, five, six times. And then I, I thought, all right, well, I, I try, kept trying to figure out a way to make it where it was exciting enough to me to where, you know, it would be exciting for my players. Because if it, if I'm not into the material, it's going to be really hard for me to to get them into it, right? It's hard, yeah, hard yeah. for them to share the excitement. It's where I, I I just read it over and over and over again. I couldn't find anything. And then game time came and went, 
and it was probably the most Magoo of all of my games that I've run in months. Um, so <laughs> hope you're looking forward to that one, Zach. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for those for those out there that don't know, I've got I actually have two groups that I'm running in parallel right now, and uh, Zach is not in group two. He's in the other group. I've, they've made, they've forced that distinction that they are not group two. We're, he is in the other group. We're in the good group, and they the can good, be in group A. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> the other group. Right? <laughs> and so uh, Zach's group hasn't come up to where the other group is in the storyline. Anyway, so that's that's coming up. But I. Uh, I'm kind of interested to see what your take is where you've had that instance happen before and what you did, because the benefit that I have of running these games in parallel is that I've got some time to introspect and look at what my, what I did that I didn't like, maybe a couple of things that I can pick apart. And I spend time with my players at the end of every game and ask them the things that they liked and didn't like and things that they would improve. So I, I've got some feedback from them that will be helpful but uh, what do you guys? What do you usually do whenever you when you're faced with something that you're just not excited about at all? You know, it's really funny that you brought uh-huh. this up because um, <laughs> a couple things actually. But um, on Monday, I did my little um, DM panel, and mm-hmm. they said um, they said, "What's the biggest tip that you can give to DMs out there?" And the tip that I said this time was. Don't run something that you don't believe in, mm-hmm. um, uh, because because if you can't believe in it, if you're not bringing any energy to the table, then your players definitely aren't going to pick up any energy themselves to run with, right? And you're going to have right. a lackluster experience. So I was already kind of in that mindset, and then I watched two uh, uh, videos this week that were like, "Don't let your campaign go on and on into infinity." When it's not, when it doesn't need to, when that's not the point, don't don't feel obligated to push forward just because you feel like there may be more somewhere to uncover or whatnot. End it at a high note, end it where it feels good, or cut it off if it feels like it's drawn out. So I actually had a, we'll say, a come to Jesus moment with with my group Thursday um, because we've been running Storm King's Thunder for a year and a half, hmm. and our discussion there was like. Do you enjoy this? Not not do you enjoy getting together, but do you enjoy the story that the hardcover is presenting? Right. And the the final result of that in part was no. They much preferred the side stories that were being told. They didn't care as much for the the big overarching plot. Um, it was a straitjacket um, for us. And it wasn't something that we believed in as a group as being something that was important. Um, so I guess my my statement to that is, yes, uh, John, I definitely have dealt with that <laughs> in the last few days. And my answer is what you just said, which is don't push forward. <laughs> have that conversation. Right? Yeah. It's definitely helpful uh, the, for, for anyone out there listening right now that's running games and the, my big – it's something that I do at the end of every game, and it's really, really beneficial. It always goes – I say let's take 15 minutes to do this. It always turns into a half an hour long discussion of what you liked and what you didn't like. And I refer to them as the hats, right? So the black hat is what you hate. The red hat is what you would improve. And the green hat is the thing that you love. What can I focus on more next time, right? And so uh, I do that for every every game that I run, not just the home games. But I also do it out in public, and the feedback's phenomenal. And I've actually – for the 
four of us, I'd recommend it whenever you're sitting at your tables at Origins or Gen Con or whatever, is at the end because some of the great stuff that I've gotten from the players or that I've done to improve the game the next time around at the next table were actually things that I gleaned from the players. Well, maybe mm. you should try this, or if you went with this angle, maybe it would be better, or they'd probably like it more, and it really does improve the uh, it, the, it scales with every mm. single table that I run at. But in this instance, that feedback is really helpful. Uh, and for me, I've already got some ideas about the way that I would do it. If, if I had it in retrospect, it was just a reminder to myself of sometimes you scrap the entire chapter and you just do it the way that you want to. And yep. then what you do is you say, okay, well, I have to get from point A to point C. All right. I don't like this B. I'm going to go with my own B as long as the two connect at the end of it. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. For sure. I, I ran into stuff like that uh, playing at conventions or running at mm-hmm. conventions. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. you get that, you get that, uh, that module and... You're just like, I, I've read it three times and it's just, I don't, it, it's not clicking mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And then you sit down and you try to, you try to run it at the convention and you can see that it's not clicking with them either. And you're just like, oh, mm-hmm. what do I do? Yeah. And you, you, uh-huh. you just, you, at that point, I mean, that happened to me at one of the last conventions I ran at. Luckily, I only had to run the module once. <laughs> but cool. I could just, I could just see, yeah. It's like, oh, thank goodness. I could just see the other players. Uh, they just had this look like the either this module sucks or the DM sucks. Cool. <laughs> you know, I, I could tell, and it's just like, Oof. all right, here we go. I think I just kind of like a rough feeling. <laughs> yeah, I, and I just kind of like, you know what? I, I, I brought it to their attention. You know, I said, okay, here, here, we're, we're, I can tell you guys aren't digging this. Give me a couple minutes. I need to wrap my head around a couple things. And then we're going to go back to it. Cool. And they're like, yeah, okay, sure. And it was just like, I stuck to kind of, you know, the idea of what's written on the page. And I just riffed on the stuff that they were doing. Yeah. I hit the high points. I made, made sure the little set pieces that were in the module got, you know, were highlighted. Um, but other than that, I just kind of riffed off of them to mm. get them to the end point. Because the first part of the module wasn't so bad. The last part of the module wasn't so bad. But the entire, you know, the entire middle part was just like, not good. <laughs> <laughs> so, once, yeah, once I, once I got them to the end... Then I could run that final encounter pretty much as written. Nice. Had to tweak a few things, and at the end of it, they're like, "Hey, man, that was that was great. We had a lot of fun." Mm, good. So it's like, oh, I need a nap. <laughs> well, actually, so right. that make, that brings up another really good a good thing that I'd I'd like to expound on when it comes to the the straitjacket ideology, right? Campaigns that are are or modules that are run at conventions, you're told to you know it's a shared experience and it has to there has to be synchronicity across the tables where people have a similar as close as possible to the same great experience right is what we're told to Mm -hmm. do um but so how far 
do the three of uh, four of us, I should say. How far are any of you willing to push that? The we, where are the boundaries for can you? Can we do a scale? Let, 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 I think I think we, I want to hear if somebody put their name to a number. So like <laughs> one one being that you don't detract at all, mm -hmm. and ten being I read it once and then I ignore everything. Gotcha. Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> okay, so within the context of what my players are, are what vibe my players are given off, I'll go up to about eight, uh, <laughs> because there's like there's just some groups that like there's there's so many different ways to play this game, and so many different things that people like emphasized that in order to give everybody a similar level of great experience, you sometimes need to change the, the emphases <laughs> in the mod quite a bit, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. What about you, Troy? What's your number? I... You're I, on the record, I, by the way. I just wanted you to know. I'm on the record. Okay. <laughs> this is going out. This is going out to yeah, Dave and Sean <laughs> and everyone else. Yeah. No, uh, I like to try to stick to a two. You know, I, I get the module and I'm like, okay, this is going to be an awesome module. Everything's written great. I'm only going to have to tweak a few things on the fly, or maybe you know just. I want to add a little bit of this to this little encounter, and that'll be it. That that's how I go into every mod, hoping that it's that it's about a two. Yeah. As far as no 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 tweaking necessary. The my my biggest, I think, off the rails kind of changing everything was the one I just told you about. And I would say that's probably an eight because you, the beginning was still the same, the ending was still the same, the middle, well somewhat recognizable to what was on the written page was, you know, done on the fly pretty much. Mm. So, I don't know. Because I, I, I feel that, you know, the Adventurers League is kind of hard-coded into me. You know, that whole, like you said, that shared experience. I want to make mm -hmm. sure that when this table goes and talks to that table and they say, hey, man, what did you do when when the, the, the Mind Flayer showed up and did that? And, and they go, what mind flare? <laughs> we didn't have a mind yeah. flare. We had this instead. Mm. Well, did you do this? And they're like, "What module did you play?" You know, <laughs> I, I I still want that. I I feel like that still needs to be there. So so mm -hmm. to just mm -hmm. ignore everything on on those pages to me is not what is not what Adventures League is about. Mm. And I just kind of look at it as it is, it's the challenge to me as a DM to, even if you just handed me the worst written module ever, to try and make it fun, but still hit those key points that were in that module so that people can still talk about it. Mm -hmm. okay. so, yeah, so I don't want to change everything, but you know. Yeah, so for me, the, the numbers, I'm with Troy, the number starts around a two or a three. Right, I, I want them to have the shared experience. What I usually do whenever I'm reading a module that I'm really not excited about is I find the things that I'm really I am excited about, and those are the things that I probably I'm going to spend more time on. Mm -hmm. We're like we're gonna we're gonna sit in that just for a little bit longer because I know that I can put a little extra juice into the things that I, the parts that I love, 
And every the stuff, so about half of the module is a two or a three. The other parts are going to be like a five, six, maybe as much as a seven. But those are just like really brief things like, oh, there's not enough of a challenge here. I'm going to have to change this. Because one of the things that I was told by my tables at Winter Fantasy this year was, you know, with tier three, there's hardly ever a challenge. And so oh, yeah. I threw more at them. Or I, I bumped up the HP or something like a, a little here and a little there. And, oh, but I only did it because I'm based on the feedback that I'm getting from the players at the time. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like you have to do it on the fly, make those decisions. Kind of like you said, Troy, where, you know, it's not working. So either we have a discussion about the fact that it's not working or I'm just going to do all this stuff behind the screen that they're never going to see or know the difference about. And they're going to hopefully it's going to pan out and they're going to love it because it's just not working the way that it's as written right now for this specific group. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Zach, what's your number? Mm, so I read <laughs> I read every adventure pretty much i don't know that i've ever not done this we'll put it that way i read every adventure three times before i run it um Mm -hmm. even if i get it the day before i read it three times um that being said i don't look at the adventure at all when i'm running it so when i sit down to run the adventure i take the adventure and i flip it upside down and i use the back of the adventure to keep track of my initiative and everything (laughs) like that but i Unless I'm flipping through looking for a name that I forgot, I don't look at it. Um, so if you ask how close am I, I would say on average I'm probably like a four to a five. Um, mm. That being said, I'm more – I'm trying to be more attuned to the – how the flow of the table. And there are some times that we are at a ten. And there are some times that we are at a four or five. Um because because when I'm running it, my job is to tell the story that is unfolding at the table. And sometimes that story folds out just the way that I kind of have in my head as this adventure happens. It's like, perfect. And then you go back and look and you're like, yep. And they go talk to their other tables and everybody's like, yeah, we all had the same basic experience. And you're like, great. But sometimes my table goes way left. And I follow them that way or lead them further down that way or whatever. And we end somewhere completely different. And mm-hmm. it, we started there by in the 10 minute mark. We were already out in left field and we just kept <laughs> going left from there. Right. Um, so there are certainly times in Adventures League at a convention where we maybe got through a page or two of a of a 28 page mod and the rest of it is somewhere else. Um, but that's not the norm. Um, so, but I would, so I would say like, probably like a five, probably a five because I'm hitting the beats. I'm trying to tell the story, but, but what I believe more than anything, and I appreciate what you said, Troy, about like the spirit of adventures link, right. Is being Mm -hmm. a shared experience Mm -hmm. alongside that. And even higher than I believe that I believe that players forgive anything as long as the experience that they had is a great experience um so if if a great experience leads us to a 10 my players are not going to be upset about that if a great experience leads us to a one my players are not going to be upset about that what they are going to be upset about is i made sure that it was a one and we didn't have fun or i wanted to take it to a 10 with no one else wanting that (laughs) and my players didn't have any fun right so 
um, I try to I try to not worry too much about how close I'm sticking and try to make sure that the table gets what they're after. Like Catherine said, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I've never had to go completely yep. ten. I've never had to just you know. I've gone ten. I, I've gotten I've gotten really I've gone lucky. Gone, I'm going plaid. <laughs> uh, I've I've gotten really lucky that it seems like when when I get a table and they are they are desperately trying to pull the mod off the rails. Hmm. I I've gotten lucky in kind of like making them feel like okay he's going with it but i'm not mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm just kind of i'm trying to figure out okay this is how they're wanting to do it but and it, and it always happens if whatever it happens it always happens like here is the crucial part of the mod that you need to find out to do this and it's like oh you're gonna you're making me work for this you know it, trying to yeah making them think that it's their idea to turn to to go left field but actually left field just happens to be exactly the way they need to go yeah that's a a really like nice it's 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 interesting to i i like i said i've gotten lucky to be able to do that the few times that people have really tried to take it way out of bounds that's the like you're you that's the that's the that's the best feeling out there right when your players feel like they're getting away with something and yet you're right on track like yeah that's the best <laughs> of all worlds <laughs> exactly john are we do you feel good about this discussion is there anything else you want to draw into it no i think that was good it was, um yeah was a, a lot there's a lot to unpack in there we can go on on and on and on about oh, yeah. it but i think that, that really that summed it up you know is that it's a it's a little bit different for everybody and the, the biggest takeaway is, um, at least for me, when it comes to the straight jacket, is sometimes you just tear it off and you run with it. You know, yep, there's you no, you don't, you don't have to let the words on the page dictate to you what the story is. It's really about the shared experience and the and the story that you and the character, the players are creating together. So, mm-hmm. love it. Yep. Awesome. Okay. Well, we're we're running late, so we're gonna we're gonna skip our palate cleanser and go right into the the sweetness of dessert. Um, and we have um, – I just want to double-check before we get into this, but um, Troy, do you have anything for us today or, is, or are you passing on dessert for this evening? I'm going to pass on dessert. Uh, okay. that, uh, that appetizer, <laughs> yeah, the, the whole good uh-huh. and evil appetizer kind of just – I'm full. Yeah, I understand that. <laughs> well, uh, let's, let's cover the rest of these then in quick succession. So uh, just going down the line here, uh, my gym of the week is going to be um, an oldie but goodie. Um, last winter, uh, around November, I believe, um, the, uh, Mordenkainen's Fiendish Folio Volume 1 came out on the DMs Guild, and, um, has a whole bunch of new monsters as part of that. I didn't care at the time, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> uh, it came out on the DMs Guild, it actually came out on D&D Beyond as well, um, and I didn't look at it once. I was like, it, part of it is I think I thought that it was a another one of these like short adventures that sometimes they release, um, like the um, oh that GIF Yankee one right that they that they oh the Rockma yeah Rockma or Localoth Rising the Lost Laboratory these these sort of adventures that are just kind of like 
carryover holdovers, right? And for some reason, I had it in my mind that that's what that was as well. Um, so I completely ignored it until this week when I was looking through fiends for a project that I'm working on, and I kept seeing ones that I did not recognize. And I'm like, what are all these? And they all have black and white art. And I'm like, what? Where did I miss a whole mini monster manual? And lo and behold, it's Fiendish Folio Volume 1. Um, I know that as I've been looking back through, evidently it didn't get a whole lot of good reviews. Um, evidently it was seen as a lackluster product, but I love this thing. Um, it's $10 on the DMs Guild right now. Um, I honestly don't know how much it is on D&D Beyond, but I have it. Um, it's, it's really good. It's got a lot of great, it's not just fiends. It's got all sorts of other creatures in it as well. Um, there's some, there's some humanoids, there's some fae, there's all sorts of things. Um, really solid product. Uh, really great expansion. If you are a D&D Beyond person and you use that to build your encounters, I think you're easily going to find monsters within this product to work into those encounters. So that's my plug. It's awesome. Sweet. Cool. Let's see. Let's see. Oh my gosh. Okay. John. (laughs) This is your time to shine. <laughs> oh, I've been sure waiting this time. whole time, man. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care, right? Don't judge me, all right? Um, yeah, so legit, this came out of nowhere. This song is like two years old. This band has been playing music. They've got four albums out. Wind Rose. It's the weirdest name for an all-dwarf metal band that I've ever heard, but... It's fantastic. My, oh my a buddy of mine sent it to me. He sent me this song, "Diggy Diggy Hole," which originally was a song <laughs> from a mine, from Minecraft. Meme. You tried so hard to make that sound cool, John. <laughs> Whatever, man. Look, they played this song, "Diggy Diggy Hole." I can do that again. Hang on, Tank Two. It was called "Diggy Diggy Hole." Right? I can do like it's really metal and like Still, no, that didn't yeah. work. Wait, either. did Still you just not. say it was from Minecraft? Yeah, it was like so. the The song was a, a Minecraft meme that somebody put together <laughs> on YouTube, and then they adopted it because the the oh band's whole the motif is that they're all dwarves, uh, Tolkien esque dwarves, right? Yeah. So they've got albums <laughs> called Winter Saga, Stone Him. Uh, there so, uh, songs like uh, Drunken Dwarves, um, The Returning Race, which is about the dwarves of Erebor returning, uh, all that good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I am. I'm not ashamed at all. So you guys can like make fun of me and, and make weird faces at me all you want to. I I love this and okay. And so I've listened to it enough now that my toddler is starting to learn the lyrics though. Oh my and gosh! So now I know I have a. That's my problem. Fantastic. Right? Yeah. So uh, if you haven't heard it before, Windrose, uh, do Wind yourself Rose. a favor. Treat yourself. As it were, and, and listen to Windrose <laughs> sing Diggy Diggy Hole. Diggy Diggy Hole. Yes, right? treat yourself nice. and then go get treatment for yourself. <laughs> I, I'm Whatever. Gonna, I'm not going to lie, John. Um, I uh, After you sent me that, I'm like, of course, this is a catchy song. Um, but is there any is there any actual merit to this band? And I actually think there is. Um, I've there been is. listening to especially yes. their newest album. And I'm like, I think their new album is actually really good. Yeah. Um, some of their older stuff, I think, is not quite up to par. But but 
I found myself pulling up that album on Spotify several times this last week. So you might have got, got a convert. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Kazan, I made you. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So like in, in all seriousness, this, this band is, is along the same lines. It's like Dragon Force. Uh, Glory Hammer is another one. It's like, it's the eighties techno metal band vibe. Uh, that are super, super nerds, right? Mm-hmm. This is what happens whenever geeks grow a lot of hair and learn how to play the guitar and want to at least try to be cool. Yeah. Um, but man, it's, I don't care, man. There's no shame in my game. I love them. I think awesome. it's awesome. Awesome. Fun fact my, uh, the first time I heard that song, I've heard this song before. And uh, it was when one of the bards at my LARP started singing it for a crowd of dwarves and yes. some of them picked it up because they knew it too. So it's like a thing at my LARP now. That's, That's awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. See? See? There it is. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling your dwarf card, Troy. Yeah. You gotta shave your beard, shameful. Talk like that about that song. Diggy diggy hole. Diggy diggy hole. See, the, I can get like more Godzilla voice sounding with it, and it'll uh, it'll need, eventually be cool. I promise. We need to move away fast. Oh. Um, so, Catherine, <laughs> um, okay. tell, tell us about Got DM. Yeah. So, Got DM is um, another Instagram account that I follow, um, and he. So he he ran a massive Discord server for a while, um, kind of revamping on that right now. But uh, his first focus and his main focus um, is crafting, like mm. miniature terrain crafting. And um, I say terrain loosely, I guess, because most of his focus is on um, buildings and and things. But the he uses pretty pretty affordable and pretty like common commonly found uh materials and tools and stuff um because part of his goal is like let's make it affordable for anybody who wants to try it um but he does he does amazing work and he will also not only be like hey this is my this is my thing and it looks amazing he will he'll take you through every single step Mm-hmm. Um, and he will show you what materials he used, how he cuts it, what tools he uses, uh, to, to cut it and, um, you know, adhere it, uh, mm-hmm. in what way and how long to wait and like every, everything he's really, he's very responsive on, um, Instagram for any question anybody might have about crafting or D and G in general, or, you know, that the whole sphere <laughs> of those intersecting. So it's he has some really really awesome stuff on there. Um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at his site right now. It's it's a lot of really gorgeous um, terrain uh, mm-hmm. buildings. Um, I saw a, a, a iteration of Troll Skull Manor that looked really mm-hmm. good. Um, so yeah, it's not even done. It looks awesome. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. sorts of cool stuff. So I yeah, one hundred percent. If you if you're on Instagram, easy easy follow, and that's G O T underscore dm got dm and we'll post that in the show notes of course for everybody um also well this has been our longest episode to date and we didn't even have a palate cleanser so i feel like our work here is done (laughs) yes Yes. um can we please outro with diggy diggy hole 
Ooh, you know what? Oh my god, yes, please. Uh, if, if only I could hear it in the background, I would totally sing it with you all right you now. Know how, much are, how much are royalties for that? You know what? I think if we keep it under oh. 12 seconds, we're going to be just fine. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, we're, I, Look, man, if they've got a problem, they can call me, and I will like promote them however they need it, all right? Yes. My, my beard is at their disposal, yeah. whatever they need from me. Yes. <laughs> well then, uh, for all of us here at Bite Size Gaming, this is Zach. Uh, thanks to Catherine, John, and Troy for joining me this evening. Listen to this delightful snippet of the classic Diggy Diggy Hole, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> yes, legendary. See you, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I am a dwarf and I'm digging a hole. We just end up playing that instead. <laughs>